Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization Called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ballplayers the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all these sales go to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. The number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S dot com. 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast brought to you by 9plusus. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. I am Brad, coming at you this week with Brig, as always. hey <laughs> And we are here, ready to talk about some of the happenings and events that have gone on in the last week since the season has ended, and we want to go through them. Just put a nice little bow on the 2019 season so we can start looking forward to the 2020 season. I love putting a bow right. on things. I know. You know, I'm not really a big bow person when it comes to Christmas presents, but when it comes to wrapping things up like this, like a metaphorical bow, yeah. I'm more about that. Yeah. More Let's about get metaphorical, metaphorical up in here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get started with some current events. Okay. So I want to start with this first one because I think it's very interesting um, coming from the MLB and specifically the MLBPA. Um, accusations. Players Association. That means Players Association. Yes, yes MLB Players Association, the union. Um, accusations, which are always fun, especially when they're accusations of collusion. Ooh. Oh, boy. Buzzword alert. <laughs> yeah, buzzword. And that's exactly what that is, especially when it comes to free agency, which is what this, about, what this is about, and the MLBPA throwing accusations out there against the MLB. Because we saw that last year with Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell. Yep. Right? There was accusations of of collusion, not signing those guys, and also not signing Bryce Harper, when in reality that was Scott Boris's fault. But <laughs> we're not going to dwell on that. We're moving on. We could, but year. we won't. Yeah. We could go a long time about that, but we won't. <laughs> anyway, so. Tell them what happened, what happened? What happened here? So the MLBPA uh, filed a collusion complaint uh, against the MLB against GMs colluding. And this is, this is what they said. The statements made by Braves GM Alex Anthopoulos called into question the integrity of the entire free agent system. The clear description of club coordination is egregious. That's a good word. That's a big and word. And we have launched an immediate investigation looking into the matter. Okay, so what did Anthopoulos do? Was there collusion? Um, did they, let's see here, did they harm the integrity of the entire free agent system? Let's take a look. Let's see what he said. You ready, Brick? I'm so ready, Brad. 
Okay, this is what Antipolo said. Every day you get more information, and we've had time to connect to 27 of the clubs. Obviously, the Astros and the Nationals being in the World Series, they were tied up. But we had a chance to get a sense of what the other clubs are going to look to do in free agency, who might be available in trades. Um, I don't know about you, Brig, but that doesn't sound like collusion to me. Nope. <laughs> that sounds sounds a whole lot like due diligence. Somebody doing their job, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's um, the front office job. Ahead. Yeah, to make sure they know what the options are, and if there's not an you know an element of investigation or of intelligence collection going on, then what are they being paid for? Yeah, exactly, exactly. These conversations go on every year. Hey, um, you're gonna have this guy available? No. Well, who are you going to have available? Who are some of your targets? Who are you, who are you looking at? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, we won't be able to offer him that much. Yeah. No, not a chance. You guys can have him. You know, like, yeah, it's part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the game. You've got to know what's going on because if you don't know who's available, what are you doing? You can't. You can't put together your board. You can't. Um, you can't have targets if you don't know who's available or who might be available for how much. Right. Because you've got to. You've got a budget with your payroll for next year. And then you could say, okay, we have X amount of dollars available for free agents. Yeah. Or uh, we've got to make these moves, with, and these are our targets, to be able to fit into free agency with the guys that we want to sign in free agency. Right. You know, it's it's a puzzle. It's a great big puzzle, and you've got to research to be able to put it together. Yeah, and that research takes a long time. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's been going on longer than just the World Series. Oh, for sure. For sure. Teams have been out yeah. for a long time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and especially, I mean, like, the trade deadline, you know, came and went the end of July. Yep. But I'm sure there were other conversations like, hey, you know, come uh, November 1st. Right. You know, so I, I think really all this is is the Players Association stirring the pot, trying to get talking points and create dialogue uh, with the MLB about things that they really don't like. And I get and I get it. You know, maybe you don't like that because it does feel like maybe there's other conversation of like, I don't know, they feel like they're there's icing players out as far as um, rules with MLB service time. Yeah, right. Um, things like that because there are guys who get kept, like they, they keep from bringing them up yeah. because of how arbitration and things like that are going to work. Yeah, totally. You know, so... I can see why they would be like a little sketchy with that as far as guys talking about free agency before it starts. Yeah. But at the same time, they have like I know they know that it's simply due diligence. Well, I and I think you're right. I think it comes down to a bigger issue, right? They're playing their own game right now. It's kind of a song and dance as we wait for the collective bargaining agreement to be renegotiated at the end of the 2020 season in preparation for 2021. Um, and we don't want to see another strike. So I think that no. everybody's trying to get ahead of it a little bit. And they're saying, okay, if we kind of have to fall on our sword or if we have to pick a fight or whatever it is, we'll do it for a year um, and kind of start airing our dirty laundry now in order to get in front of this, this union negotiation that that is coming up in a year from now. So yeah, I, I think you're right. And this is not, the only thing, you know, MLB has already put together a commission to investigate the economy of baseball to try and understand who gets 
um, you know, where the money's going, where it's coming from, what is fair, what is unfair. And, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting. So I think you're right. I think somebody's picking a fight in order to solve, um, you know, a very different issue, but they're, they're using a tangential reason to do so. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. Tangential. That's a nice big word. Thanks. I like that. Thanks, man. And it's, <laughs> it's a perfect description because, yeah, it's not really a big issue. And, yeah, I, I do hope that it sparks conversation because I don't want there to be a strike. And, yeah, they'll have the entire offseason get things worked out. Yeah, of course. Before before there's, you know, games and, they, and they're missing time and stuff. But, man, it just it worries me. It, with the way things are right now, it really worries me. Well, and, legitimately. Yeah. I mean, I think we all kind of are still feeling the effects of the 94, you know, yeah. season. So coming to an end. For those of you that don't know, the 1994 season came to an abrupt end midway through. There was no World Series that year. Baseball ceased completely from the top down. And uh, it was pretty ugly because the Players Association and Major League Baseball could not come to an agreement. And so, you know, we're. Uh, I think the last one was in 2001. Is that right, 2001? I think so. I know in the last few years they they reached an agreement, like an extension of the current agreement, yeah, uh, to avoid any any issues. Yeah. So, but that's it what seems like things are. It it seems like things are not in as good of a place now as they were then. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah, and so and you know players have their own issues. You know, juiced baseballs is a completely different issue. But it will mm-hmm. be on the table. Um, we've heard a lot of talk about minor league baseball um, players being treated or paid or whatever, what they should or shouldn't be paid paid or how they shouldn't be treated. And there's a lot to it. So, you know, we'll, we'll bring you coverage on that kind of stuff as it comes around. But just as kind of a teaser, we think this is what's happening and this is why collusion is being discussed. Yeah, exactly. So let's go on to something else here. Um, I wanted to do a little crossover topic tonight um, because what well, we've we've heard a lot of if if you pay attention to more than just baseball, I I like to I love the NBA. Basketball is one of my favorite sports. Um, I played basketball and baseball growing up, so I love it. Love watching the NBA, and this year it's been even better because there hasn't been one dominant team, and so this has been a year that I've been more excited for basketball than years past. Okay, but. A hot topic right now in the NBA is something called load management. Um, what is load management, Brad? <laughs> so it, it's kind of an interesting thing. What load man- management is, is for anybody who knows uh, Kawhi Leonard, he played for the Raptors last year. He was really the one who won the championship for them last year. Now he's playing for the Clippers, but he has kind of this this uh, this chronic knee issue that ha- that he uh, that came up when he was in San Antonio playing for the Spurs. And so what they do is last year he played 60 of 82 games, okay? But they weren't calling it load management at the time. Um, I think the Lakers kind of coined this phrase last year because LeBron James came off of an injury, missed a couple games, and they're calling it load management. Right. Well, now Kawhi Leonard, part of his uh, deal with the Clippers when he negotiated it included load management. He said, I don't want to play 82 games because I want to be fresh for a finals run. Ah, okay. Right? So now he missed a game this last week. It was a nationally televised game in Utah because it was on the front end of a back-to-back. So they're playing two games of back-to-back nights, and he was and he missed the first one. Yep. Because of load management. 
so there's been this huge thing about players being healthy scratches and yeah we talked uh, about that last week or the week before exactly yeah and is it an issue is it an issue with the nba is it an issue with mlb and to be completely honest with you i don't think it should be an issue with the nba and if it if calling it load management is an issue just call it something else knee inflammation (laughs) you know i read something today that Dion waiters got scratched next spasms right. there you go there that's a good is. one i read um actually today that Dion waiters got scratched from a game for the miami heat because he had a stomach ache there you go um that's what they said so i think this whole load management thing is is a crock but brig do you think it's something that could be uh that could cross over into mlb oh totally i think it already has been i just think now we're talking about it Right. Yeah, like, exactly. You caught on to my trick question. Yeah, it has already come into the MLB. Totally. MLB. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And when we got to uh, Max Scherzer this, this postseason, right, in the World Series, we're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. We yeah. all kind of tuned in to what was going on. So I think it's here. I don't think it's anything new either. I think it's probably been around for maybe decades, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the MLB for pitchers, they call it a pitch count. Yeah. For everybody else, they call it, I don't know, inning regulation, something. I can't remember. I can't think what it's called right now. Totally. But, I mean, for the last few years, you don't you see certain catchers who don't catch on Sundays. Yeah, exactly. They don't catch on Wednesdays. They're not catching the last game of a series because their knees need a break. Yep. That's exactly right. You know? And if they're, if they're great hitters, they'll DH or they'll play first base. That's load management. Yep. That's not what they're calling it, but it's load management. Yeah. It's been around forever in MLB. I think and I don't right. understand why it's such an issue in the NBA. <laughs> Everybody's making a big stink about it. Well, it's dumb. It is dumb. It's dumb. It's a dumb thing. It's it's I think it's the phrasing that's dumb. Um, right. the concept is is brilliant. No, for sure. You well you have it's to totally manage brilliant. your assets appropriately, right? And you have to make make yeah. sure that you're getting the most effectiveness out of them. That's part of a manager's job. Yeah. Yep, Super dumb. sure, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially in baseball. 162 games that's a oh, that geez. is a grind, seriously. And I don't understand how Cal Ripken Jr. played as many games in a row as he did. No, no, nobody knows that because that's insane. It's yeah. insane, yeah, to be playing that much. So, I agree. So, for those of you who have seen this load management coming from the NBA. Uh, it it is in the MLB. It's just kind of an accepted thing already. So I think it's going to eventually get it, be accepted in the NBA. I think that's the way it's going to be for NBA fans and MLB fans out there. So, well, I agree. So let's talk about awards. The season has come to an end, and for those of you that don't know, Major League Baseball, its fans and its players get together and they give everybody attaboys at the end of the season. And so we have, uh, you know, a handful of awards, actually. So starting with the Gold Glove Award, Major League Managers and Coaches vote within the American League or the National League, respectively. And they are mm-hmm. able to, and that's, you know, I think 75 or something percent of the selection process. But, um, oh, yeah, I see it right here. 25% of the voting goes to the Sabermetrics community. Uh, oh, isn't that interesting? That must be new, maybe in the last year or so. But so seventy-five percent of the voting comes from managers and coaches. Twenty-five percent to the Sabermetrics community. We've been giving these awards out since nineteen fifty-seven, and here is what these are: the defensive awards for the American League. We've got Mike Leake, 
and the pitching award, Roberto Perez for Cleveland. He got the catcher's award. Matt Olson from Oakland, first base. Yomer Sanchez, Chicago White Sox, second base. Matt Chapman from Oakland, third base. Francisco Lindor, Cleveland, shortstop. Alex Gordon, Kansas City, left field. Kevin Kiermeyer, Tampa Bay center field. And Mookie Betts, Boston, right field. Brad, any issues with that list? No, I don't have any issues with that list. Um, I was actually really happy to see Matt Olson win it because mm-hmm. uh, I have kind of a cool story about him. So a few years ago when he got called up by the A's um, at the end of the season, it would have been October of – or sorry, September of 2016. So I was up in Seattle covering a soccer game for the school we were at at the time. And right. my dad met me up there and we went to – we ended up going to a Mariners game. And uh, I knew somebody I had worked with at the Owls, his dad uh, worked for the A's. So I sent him a text and he got us some tickets. And so we ended up sitting in the, uh, in the Oakland A's like employee section, like where they get their tickets for their employees and family and stuff. So we were sitting behind this guy who every time Matt Olson would come up, he'd pull out his camera, like either up to bat or he's out in right field that night. Um, He'd pull out his camera and I, I leaned over my dad. I was like, Hey, I wonder if that's his son out there. And so eventually, uh, you know, he had his camera out. My dad leaned forward. He's like, hey, is that your boy out there? He's like, no, it's my nephew. I was uh, like, cool. that's super cool. It was a really cool experience. So he's a guy who I've always kind of kept track of to see how he's doing. Yeah. And he's he's a great player. He did not have a good night that night, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but he's a great player. And I was happy to see him get a gold glove. Yeah. I was. It, it's pretty cool to see somebody who you have, like, a, even just, like, a little bit of a connection to like that, uh, winning awards and doing well. Absolutely. So what about you? Do you have any uh, any issues with anything? Yeah, I'm a little upset that DJ LeMayhew's not on this list. Um, mm. the, the problem is he's a victim of being a utility player. Uh, he got bounced around a lot yes. this season, and he never had you know, too, too much time. Certainly didn't play full-time at any one position like some of these guys or all these guys have. So mm-hmm. I would say for the most part, this list makes a ton of sense to me, but – DJ's listed as third baseman, second baseman, first baseman, and it's his official list. Yeah, he played everywhere. Yeah, so he's. It's pretty tough to give uh, give him an award, but I do think with the time he spent in any, you know, especially second and first this year, he could easily have deserved a Gold Glove award. So, yeah. So here's something funny for you though. So you have the American League winner is Mike Leake. And the National League winner is Zach Greinke. Yeah. <laughs> Both guys. So Mike Leake started the season in the American League, ended up in the National League. Yeah. Greinke started the season in the National League, ended up in the American League. That's right. So, let, so I, I thought that was really funny. That's really funny. So let's go to the National League. We got uh, pitcher Zach Greinke in Arizona, actually, instead of Houston. Yep. We've got uh, JT Realmuto, Philadelphia catcher. Anthony Rizzo, Chicago Cubs, first base Um Colton Wong, St. Louis, second base. Nolan Arenado, Colorado, third base. Nick Ahmed, Arizona, shortstop. David Peralta, Arizona, left field. Lorenzo Cain, Milwaukee, center field. Cody Bellinger, L.A., right field. Any issues? Uh, no problems there. Uh, I am actually happy for Bellinger for uh, for getting a, a gold glove because I really like that guy. I like watching him play. Yeah. And I know in the last couple years or so that um, defense has been – his defense has been called into question. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm I'm happy for that guy that he's made the strides that he needs to be, to become an elite player and and to get that award. So I think that's really cool for him. How about you? Any any issues? Uh, no, 
No, this makes a lot of no. sense to me. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I like seeing Colton Wong on there. I thought that was really awesome because, you know, we, I don't get to watch a lot of St. Louis and, and I got to see them in the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. And I thought, holy crap, that guy's awesome. Yeah. He's great. I like him a lot. Uh, I don't like a whole lot about the Cardinals, mostly, mostly because they have obnoxious fans. But um, <laughs> you say that about everybody, Brad. <laughs> it's because I'm a fan of a losing team. Blackjack Brad coming at you. <laughs> We've offended. But, he's offended but, all of St. Louis now. That's right. Yep. <laughs> but no, no, I like Colton Wong. Though I like Colton Wong. I like Yadi Molina. Uh, I like those guys a lot. Um, Colton Wong is like I feel like one of those sneaky good guys. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um, Quiet. Yeah. 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 He's out there. He's always making a difference on both sides of the both sides of the ball. So, I agree. Good for him. All right, let's go on to we have our we had the uh the platinum glove winners announced. Uh we had I had it. Nolan Arenado for the National League. That's right. Nolan Arenado and Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman for the American League. Yep. Both third basemen. Yes. Um I think that shows a lot of respect for the hot corner. How could you not have respect for the hot corner? I know. It's it's a scary place to be. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I heard, uh, I can't remember who it was. He said last year, they said that Matt Chapman was the third. He said, I Matt Matt Chapman is the best third baseman in the game. And I've played with Nolan Arenado. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's legit. That's legit. <laughs> that is, that's like, that is such high praise because he's one of those guys that you're always getting, highlight plays from Arenado. Oh, constantly. And I feel like we don't yeah. get it from Chapman just because he's in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And I know Oakland is was, you know, they they made it to the the wild card game and everything this year, but they still kind of get like pushed off to the side because they're on the West Coast. Right. You know. Yeah, it happens so. a lot. Yeah. Well, and not just the West Coast, but in Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the underdog city. Yeah. But yeah, no. Matt Chapman's been coming up the last few years and I think he's earned it cuz he's a great player. You can pretty much count on a highlight from him two, three times a week. Yeah, for sure, at least. So, so I th- I think that that's perfect. They nailed that. Yeah, I agree. Crushed it. Very exciting. So now we get into the Silver Slugger Awards. We're going to start with the American League. Uh, first baseman Cleveland Carlos Santana. Second base Yankees DJ LeMahieu. Third base Houston Alex Bregman. Shortstop Boston Xander Bogarts. The DH goes to the uh, Minnesota's Nelson Cruz. And then our three outfielders are Houston's George Springer, Angels, I'm going to call him Anaheim, Mike Trout, and Boston's <laughs> Mookie Betts. <laughs> any issues with that? Silver Sluggers. I don't have any issues. I did think it was interesting that LeMahieu <laughs> was given as a second baseman. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, well, we got to give it to him somewhere. Yeah, uh, well, we can't give it to him first base because of Santana. Uh, can't give it to him a third base because we got Bregman. Let's put him at second base. Yeah, and we'll push out Altuve this year. Yep, he's so, got enough. I'm fine with sluggers. I mean, <laughs> he, he does exactly. <laughs> and Lemayhu had a great year and was deserving of it. And I I feel like it was kind of one of those. Like I said, they they kind of needed to shuffle things around for a guy who was deserving. Yeah, but it works for me. Yeah, works for me. I love it. I agree. And talk about a more deserving guy. There is not. So, yeah, yep, yeah. Stepped up and and did what he needed needed to do on a team that definitely needed him. Yep. So, 
Um, I, I think the outfield's awesome. I mean, Mike Trout, I think, is going to win one just about every year for the rest of his life. Um, <laughs> it looks Springer that way. Will probably, Springer might be close to that. I mean, he's he's a great hitter. I've talked about how I like watching him hit. And as long as the Astros are good, he's going to have guys on base in front of him. So he's going to be driving in runs. Yeah. And he's probably the best leadoff hitter in the game. Yeah, I think you're right. And especially when it comes to power. So um, over to the fantastic. National League, we've got the Silver Slugger Award goes to pitcher Zach Greinke in Arizona. Um, catcher Philadelphia's JT Realmuto. First base, Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. Second base, Ozzie Albies in Atlanta. Third base, Anthony Rendon in Washington. Shortstop, Trevor Story in Colorado. Great pick there, actually. Outfield, yeah. Christian Yelich, Milwaukee. Super duh. Outfield, Colby Bellinger in LA. Super duper duh. And outfield, Ronald Acuna Jr. in Atlanta. Super duper duper duh. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the outfield was pretty obvious. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. Um, the one that I thought was cool was Granky. Yeah, yeah, I thought he, that was he gets it. He gets the silver slugger and the gold glove. Yep. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Now that doesn't happen for, very often, dude. He's older than I am. <laughs> that's part of the reason I love it. Yeah, because totally. he's out there. He's like thirty six, thirty seven years old. He's still doing his thing on both sides of the plate. Yeah, I think it's that's amazing. I think it's awesome. That's why I thought maybe it'd be fun to see him back in the National League um, for yeah. this next year. But we'll see. So okay, so I had this question. Oh, first of all, Silver Slugger is decided upon by Major League managers and coaches, but they are unable to vote for their for anybody on their own team. So it kind of levels the playing field a little bit, just to give you an idea. Um, okay, so I wanted to know how many players have won Gold Glove and Silver Slugger awards in the same year. The list is way too long. But what I did learn yeah. is that there is only one player in Major League history to win both Gold Glove and a Silver Slugger combo with three different teams. Three teams? Yes, <laughs> in three separate years. Oh wow! You ready for this? Blue Jays. Let me guess. Let me guess. Blue Jays, nineteen ninety-two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll let you guess. Let me give you the teams. Okay. Blue Jays, nineteen ninety-two. Orioles, nineteen ninety-six, and Indians in the ninety-nine two thousand. Oh so, man! Fair four, four times this person's won a combo with three different teams. Blue Jays, Orioles, and Indians? Yep. Um, man. Do you want the position? Yeah. Would that help? I have an idea. I have an idea, but I think the position will help. Okay. Second base. Roberto Alomar. You nailed it. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Check out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was, that's awesome. That's, that's hardcore. You you nailed it, man. I'm not sure I could have got that. <laughs> that's cool. I did not know that. Only guy with three different teams? Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Yep. That's super cool. Pretty cool. All right, so we have we have gold glove, platinum glove, and silver sluggers. That's right. All decided, named and, and awarded. Let's go through. Um, let's start with rookie of the year. Let's do some predictions. 
Sounds good. So I, these I, I like predicting. Yeah. So manager of the year, rookie of the year, Cy Young, and MVP are all going to be decided today, Monday the eleventh, through the seventeenth. So this week they're going to announce them. I think day by day, something like that. So okay. Okay. Rookie, yeah. rookie of the year. These are who's up. Let's take the American League first. We got Jordan Alvarez, Houston, Brandon Lau, Tampa Bay, and uh, John Means in Baltimore. Okay. I've got Jordan Alvarez. Me too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. But... Everybody got to see him play more. Just, I think it's simply going to be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's too bad because I think Brandon Lau is awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it there's a lot to be said for playing on a good team and being an everyday contributor on a good team. Sure. As a rookie, I think that goes a long way. Yeah. Well, and a big network, you know, that helps. Big market. Yeah. Being in Houston. Yeah, it, it's true. That really does help a lot. So okay, the yeah. National League we got Pete Alonso, Mike Soroka, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis. Tatis. Okay. Uh, who is one of my new favorite players, by the way. For sure, me too. Yeah, he's a human highlight reel. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with polar bear Pete Alonso. Me too, man. That's exactly who I'm gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think it's gonna be close either. No. And it's too bad because these are some really great, especially I think in the National League. That's that's a pretty tough competition. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because Tatis had. I mean, he was headed there, I feel like, until he got hurt. Yeah. Um, but, man, Pete Alonso just had such a great year. Yeah. Such a great year. Well, and offensively, so. he won. Uh, he took over the rookie home run leader. He's now the rookie yep. home run leader of all time yep. with 53 this season. So, I mean, jeez. Mm-hmm. How to take that away from Aaron Judge? I didn't think that would ever go away. Oh, I thought it was going to stand for – I mean, at least longer than it did. Yeah, longer than two years. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's move on to Manager of the Year awards. In the American League, the three runners are Rocco Baldelli in Minnesota, Aaron Boone in New York, Kevin Cash in Tampa Bay are the three finalists. Hmm. That's tough because Baldelli did a great job in the regular season. For sure. Fell apart. They um, fell apart in the postseason. Though. Yeah, yeah. And Cash did an even better job in the regular season and the postseason. Yep. Um. Well, and did a better job in a tougher division. I feel like. Too, yeah, definitely. In the East, and then Aaron Boone worked some kind of magic with like the B team. Yeah. In New and York, the C team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got thirty-one so, uh, that players is, on the injured list. Yeah, you know, I saw that list a few days ago, and I was like, "Oof, that's tough." Yeah. Um, I might give it to Cash, just because of where he is and what he did. Um, like I said, coming from a t- like with a team that is like a perennial cellar dweller. Yeah, for sure. And then taking them to the postseason. Yeah, that was. It's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. I agree. I agree, and I think what Tampa Bay did this year was a ton of fun. I mean, we they hacked away mm-hmm. at Houston. We thought, for a minute there, I thought that Houston might not get past Tampa Bay. 
Yeah. Yeah, it really seemed like it. I was I was really like I don't want to say confident, but I was optimistic about it. I was too. It looked like they really had a chance. Yeah. But I got to give it to Booney, honestly. I mean, oh, yeah. what he has done and how he's kept that team together and the cohesiveness of the next man up philosophy, which never, mm-hmm. ever, ever failed. Never. I don't know how. I don't know yeah. how you do that. It's superhuman. He's got to win, I think. And I honestly, I won't be surprised or disappointed uh, whoever they go with, whoever wins that award. Oh, yeah, totally. Because all three guys are, are very deserving. The fact they did great things this year. And um, and those are the, the, I think those are the three guys who deserve to be the finalists. Yep. So then moving over to the National League, um, Milwaukee's Craig Council, St. Louis Mike Schilt, and Atlanta's Brian Snitker are the three finalists for the National League Manager of the Year. Who you got there? Mm, I might have to go with Council. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, so th- and this is really the only reason because I don't feel like I can give it to the other two because Snitker has so much talent that he's working with yeah. that they should win. Okay, I can see and that. St. Louis is a top to bottom player development system that mm-hmm. doesn't lose. Mm-hmm. Um. And Council, with what he's done with that team the last two years, um, he's done a phenomenal job. And then even to keep winning and to keep them, keep them, I mean, to make it to the wild card game without his best player and Christian Yelich. Yeah, I th- I think he's I think he deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. About you? I mean, I could see giving it to Council for sure, but I got to give it to Mike Schilt. Okay. Um, and really only because I learned that he has absolutely no playing experience in the major leagues. Yeah. And I was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So he's garnered respect. You know, he's worked his way into a, a, you know, top position and now he's winning and he's getting his team to the playoffs. Like, come on now. Yeah. That's, you got to have some respect for that. And I don't, I know you don't have to play to manage. I get it. Oh yeah. No, definitely not. I mean, yeah, you and sometimes you gain that perspective and that knowledge by not playing. Yeah, I know because you see it a little bit differently. It's just interesting, and I like that about him. Yeah. I like that he's kind of scrappy, and you know his team is scrappy. I think that yeah. is reflective of his leadership, and I think that if he won, I'd be super happy. Yeah, yeah, and and three guys again who I feel like are deserving, but like I said, I feel like Council is more deserving because of what he did with that team. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's where you're wrong, idea. Brad. Yeah. That's just kidding. My opinion. <laughs> <laughs> if my opinion can be wrong, I appreciate that. Yes, but you're also entitled to it. <laughs> All right. All right. Who do we have next? So we're going to talk Cy Young Awards, and we're going to go to the American League. We have three finalists again: Garrett Cole, Houston; Charlie Morton, Tampa Bay; Justin Verlander, Houston. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's close. No, I don't either. I think it's. I mean, I we've got to go with Charlie Morton. Seriously, ah, yeah, I was like, what? It's <laughs> Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Ah, Nobody else ah. even stands a chance against Garrett no, Cole. Oh, for one. sure. Nope. Jeez, that dude was out of his mind this year. Yeah. Like we said, he hasn't lost since he was like four years old. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like thirty years. Um. Yeah, totally. I think that's easy. So on the National League side, it's uh, the Mets, Jacob DeGrom, 
um, Hyunjin Ryu in in L.A. and Max Scherzer in Washington are the three finalists. Mm. See that one, I feel like is a little more difficult because Scherzer kind of made his check in the postseason. I mean, don't get me wrong, he had a fantastic regular season. He even pitched with a broken nose. Yeah, but but not as good as he could have been. Yeah, but Degrom doing what he has done the last and. And it might just be a compilation award for him this year because the last two years he's been out of his mind. Yeah, I just agree. Just lights out. There's no hitting that guy. Yep. I and give the fact it to. That he's still not winning games. I know <laughs> it's it's not his fault. It's not. No. Again, it's that not, goes back to that stupid statistic about wins and losses that player the pitchers have very little control over. So I don't put yep. too much credit in that. Um, yeah, I don't. But I give it to Degrom as well for the same reason. Yeah, I mean he's he's been otherworldly. Yeah, it's insane. It's like he cut his hair and then he got his strength. He's like a reverse <laughs> Samson. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, moving on to the MVP award, we've got the American League: Alex Bregman, Houston; Mike Trout in Anaheim; and Marcus Simeon in Oakland. Okay, as much as I feel like Trout should just win it every year because he is legitimately the most valuable player. I mean, he's the LeBron James of baseball, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, except he doesn't, obviously doesn't lead to wins. Yeah, um, that's true. I think that Bregman's the guy. Really? I think Alex Bregman's going to win it. Um, I'm trying to pull up here real quick. I want to do a quick statistical comparison between the two. Okay. Um, because Bregman, I mean, I know he played more games because Trout was out at the end of the season. Yeah. But, um, but he did just, I mean, he he had a a, a better, uh, I think his, I believe if I remember right, his OPS was better, mm-hmm. and his slugging was better. Um, he hit like one or two more home runs, something like that. Um, but he he just he ended up with just a better season, which is weird to say. It's weird. But I mean, yeah. So, so Trout ended with a, okay. So I was completely wrong on that. Uh, Trout led the league in on base percentage, slugging and OPS. Yep. And didn't finish the rest of the season. Yes. So that very well could have gone down at the end of the season. I don't know. Yeah. Playing hurt. Yeah. But, yeah, um, but Bregman was right behind him. I mean, he had a so Bregman had a two ninety six batting average, um, one point oh one five OPS, mm-hmm. slugged five ninety two with a four twenty three on base percentage. So he was not that far behind Trout, who had a two ninety one average, four thirty eight on base, six six forty five slugging, yeah, one point oh eight three OPS. Now, and he finished the season on yeah, a playoff team. Yeah. Now, just to let the those of you who don't know, um, I'm sorry I didn't do this for the other awards, but the MVP award is like the most important one, right? So the uh, Baseball Writers Association of America, they're the ones who submit their ballots and they submit their voting. They're the only ones allowed to vote, baseball writers, okay? And the ballots must be submitted prior to the first game of the postseason. That's how it works. So they've already they already know who it is. Yeah, they've known for a month now. Yeah. So no, I st- I still think it's going to be Bregman though. Okay. Who do you have? Mike Trout. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I, he's he deserves it every year because of how good he is. Yep. And who knows if there's like a little bit of Mike Trout fatigue? I don't know. If you watch that guy, there shouldn't be. No, I agree. But it's his, it's the but, backup he's got. That's the problem, which is about to change dramatically. You just watch. <laughs> I think it will because <laughs> Joe Madden's going to come in there and shake it up. Yeah, and they do have they have some good guys coming up through their farm system who they drafted 2016. Yeah, um, who I think are going to be getting ready to make their big league debuts. Actually, 2015 and 2016. They're getting ready to make their debuts here in the next year or two, I think. I mean, we saw Matt Theis make his debut this year. That's right. Um, I think we'll see more guys coming up this year. Yeah. Well, and their player development system is really great. I remember, so I watched Cole Calhoun in Orem in rookie ball, and mm-hmm. and then we saw him again in Salt Lake with the Bees, AAA. And, uh, and then he got, to, he got to the bigs, and he just, man, he just wasn't that good, you know? He would his mm-hmm. offense would struggle and his defense would be okay, and then his defense mm-hmm. would really tank hard and his offense would pick up a little bit. But I'm telling you what, in the last maybe year, yeah, this last this year, last he's, year, he was a lot better. Man, he's a monster now. So yeah, because I remember in 2018, it was like, geez, when did Cole Calhoun forget how to hit? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was hearing. I was like, oof. And where else is the other right fielder? <laughs> <laughs> Can you please give yeah. us somebody else? Yeah. But but no, yeah. and I hate saying that because I love Cole. I think he's a phenomenal player, and mm-hmm. uh, he's got a, he's had a lot of promise. And it's fun, like you say, the connection. And I watched him come up from rookie ball. So, um, yeah, we used to shout his name from the stands in an Irish accent. It was just it was having fun <laughs> with it. So it, that's awesome. It was great. <laughs> it was great. So uh, yeah. Anyway. I like their player development system, and I think Mike Trout's going to start benefiting from that. But I, I also think he deserves yeah. the MVP this year, and that's why. Yeah, and I can't argue with it. I, I don't see why anybody would say um, that he doesn't. Right. I mean, I just said that Bregman deserves it over him, but that's mostly because of who he plays for. So Sure, that makes sense. So, yeah. So on the National League side, really quick, we've got Cody Bellinger in Los Angeles, Anthony Rendon in Washington, Christian Yelich in Milwaukee. Again, Pre postseason, yeah. Um, man, that's tough. Yeah, that this one's really rough. That's real tough. Um, I might have to go with Bellinger. What? I'm gonna go with Bellinger. No way. Best player on the best team, man. They were the best regular season team in the National League. Yeah, they were. And he and was, he was their, the, and he was by he was far the best guy. player on that team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, the, the only other way, because I, I, I do feel like being able to finish the season healthy goes a long ways. So if if I don't give it to Bellinger, I'd have to give it to Rendon. Yep. And I just don't know that. I mean, yes, the the Nats were fantastic after that horrible start. Yeah, they were like the best team in baseball after that. Yep. You know, they started. What did we say it was? It was nineteen, 19 and, and thirty-one, or something like that. Oh. Yeah, nineteen and thirty-one, and then they go on that tear, and make the postseason. Yeah, make the postseason, win the World Series. Yeah, but but Bellinger was consistent the entire season. Yeah, and like consistently amazing. So that's yeah, why I'm not like just it. consistent, but consistently amazing. <laughs> so I agree with you? you. Who do you give it to? I yeah. want to give it to Rendon as well, but I just can't make it work. But I want him to have it. I guess is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see Rendon win it, but at the same time, I just think Bellinger had such an amazing year. 
that he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy. It's hard to argue with you. I think you're right. Just so you know, also the I just looked it up. The Cy Young Awards are also voted upon in exactly the same manner. Baseball Writers Association of America prior to the postseason beginning ballots are due. So which yep. is why I think Christian Yelich might actually win because I think there's a lot of Yelich fever out there and it would be hard to um, to remove him from the forefront of your mind, even trying to make an objective voting opinion, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, the injury, I think, might have hurt him Oh, with for that. sure. Totally. Um, and also the fact that he won it last year. Well, so, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> So they might just be like, well, you know, he got it last year. He didn't finish the season healthy. Let's let's go somewhere else. Yeah, totally. But that's just my logic, and I'm not a voter, so who knows? Well, we're not voters yet, Brad. Someday. That's the goal. That would be a wonderful experience. Yes, it would be. But let's go ahead and take a break, and when we get back, we're going to wrap up the regular season. Hey, babe, I'm headed to concession. Do you want me to grab you something? Yeah, anything, whatever you're getting. Okay, I saw a burger. I'll probably grab that. No, that doesn't sound good. Okay, I think there's barbecue, probably some nachos. Uh, I don't think I want either of those either. Um, but just get me anything. What do you want? Uh, I saw a hot dog earlier. Okay, I can do that. Well, no. Couples may quarrel, but baseball is for lovers. Shop the Lovers Collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We are going to wrap up the 2019 season all the way together. We've got uh, we've got surprises. We've got disappointments. We've got our favorite plays. We've got our favorite moments. It's, it's very exciting. We're going to dive into just wrapping this up, like Brad said earlier, putting a bow on it. That's right. Yeah, we're going to do it. All right, Brig. I want you to, I want you to start this time. Okay. What was your number one surprise from this season? The Keiko Kluber fiasco. That was a fiasco. That was my that's my that, number one surprise. That's a good one. Yeah, cuz those are guys who contributed once they got on their teams. Yep. And I can't believe it took that long for them to sign. We literally sat around sign. like wondering what the world was going to happen and why and I, uh, you know, I think we're a little less confused now than we were then. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I, I just was such an upheaval. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it too. Is that at the time we were so confused, it made no sense. Um, now we do it, like you said, have a little bit better understanding of what went on and why. Yeah. But man, at the time, that made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my that my biggest surprise. So my biggest surprise was the way the Mariners started the season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that <laughs> because <laughs> that was insane. Um, I was like irrationally losing my mind during that. I was like, "This team's gonna win the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna take out." <laughs> I remember. And that. I know. You know. Obviously, they didn't. Oh, yeah. But um, but that was as a Mariners fan, that was a fun stretch. Uh. I mean, they got to um, they got to thirteen and two before they really started losing. Then they lost three, four, five. 
lost six in a row, and that was really when things started coming off. Yeah. So 15 fun games, and then it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're the Mariners. Back to reality. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, man, that was a fun 15-game ride, and especially with it starting in Japan, it lasted a little bit longer. Yeah. So yeah, that was it was fun. It was a whole lot of fun and I was really surprised because um because of what Jerry DePoto said at the beginning of the season of we're quote unquote reimagining this roster. I I wasn't expecting any winning this season. No. Any at all. Right. So and and mostly it was just I was happy to see production out of the guys who they brought in, who they brought up. Um it made me really optimistic for the future is what it was. But I was hoping for a, for a 15 games that it was going to be that the future was now. So yeah, that was my big surprise. That this makes season. sense. I remember cause I, you were like, dude, you got to watch these guys. So I tuned in and Vogelbach was just so impressive. Just, Oh, he went on a tear to start mashing it. <laughs> we were like, who's yeah. this guy? He looks like Babe Ruth. <laughs> he does look like Babe Ruth. So funny, man. So yeah, yeah I agree with you. That was fun. Yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. What was your biggest disappointment this season? Uh, Didi Gregorius not being picked up by the Yankees. Oh, so a postseason. Yeah, I don't have a regular season disappointment, really. I can't. I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and really I wasn't disappointed with anything from the regular season. Not really. Oh, that's not true. I just figured it out. Oh, what was that? Go ahead. Uh, everything John Carlos Stanton did. Oh man. Okay. Right. Yeah. Bad. Uh, I'm just. I'm still angry. So. I think that's why I blocked reason. it out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, a, that was a, that was a big disappointment. I feel like, and man, he just can't stay healthy. Yeah, I don't get it. And that's been happening a lot to the Yankees. Is no, come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs, and then they yeah. get hurt, and it's not worth the money, and none of the promises have been fulfilled. And it's like, why don't we just build the farm system? Just keep coming from the farm system. Clearly, it's working. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And maybe they need to look into the training staff. I don't know. Yeah. I've been I've been screaming about that for years with the Mariners. Yeah. Totally. But I don't know. What about you? What's your number one disappointment or two? Um, my, they kind of go hand in glove here. Um, my biggest disappointment I would say was the Phillies overall. Oh, so Um, true. I thought they were going to do better than they did. I was really hoping they would because I'm a big Bryce Harper fan and he is another disappointment. He had a terrible first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So bad. I agree. So bad. Just, I mean, it was like, he was the butt of every joke and I, I felt so bad for the guy. And then second half, you know, he had a, he had a really good second half, and then again, all those uh, Bryce Harper World Series memes. Oh, they're um, the Bryceless ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that poor guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he's gonna have the last laugh though, because I do feel like the Phillies are gonna make a World Series run. I've been saying it a bunch. I'm gonna keep saying it again. Yeah, they're gonna make a World Series run here in the next few years. And he's gonna have the last laugh. No, we all agree with you. Yeah, I think it's super true. Yeah. But that was my big disappointment this season. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. What was the best play for you this season? So this was a this was something I've been waiting for for a couple of years. Um, my best play was 
Kyle Lewis hitting his first home run in his major league debut on September 11th. Oh man, what was that? Was awesome because it was everything about it was just so amazing. It's like, yes, this is the guy we've been waiting for. We knew it all along. This this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. He tore his ACL uh, in in advanced A with the Ever Aqua Sox in 2016. Yeah, and it was like, oh my gosh, is the, is this going to happen again? And then he just shot up through the minor league system once he came back because he's just so good. <laughs> right? He's so good. Yeah, man. And seeing him hit that bomb to left center field, it was just like, yeah, this is it. So this is what we've been waiting for. So gratifying. And I was I was so excited seeing that, seeing him hit that home run. That's awesome. So that was my best play this season. I have two. I have two. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. All right, they're both defensive plays. Oh, sweet. Because I just love a good defensive play. So the first one is the ALCS Houston, New York. It was a 7-3 double play. So here's one. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this? I do. Aaron Hicks is at the plate. He belts one to left field where Michael Brantley is waiting much deeper than he should have been. And I mean, against Aaron Hicks. What are you going to do, right? You step back a little bit, but he played. Uh, well, let's paint the picture on that real quick. That entire series, the Astros were just about playing on the warning track. It's so true. I mean, they were playing. They were playing no doubles defense the entire series. So then Aaron Hicks bloops one, and it drops, you know, forty feet behind shortstop or whatever, and Michael Brantley comes hauling in <laughs> into shallow, shallow left field, and makes the catch from his stomach right diving and then gets up and throws Aaron Judge out on his way back to tag at first base oh with a freaking laser beam I was like whoa this yeah. is crazy <laughs> man he makes a diving catch pops right up throws the runner out at first double play about peed my pants yeah <laughs> well that that play saved the series it did for the Astros and that was like the turning point that was it was it it was it right there. Yeah, it was mad. That was an amazing play. It, and I'm a Yankees fan, so it, it, to, for me to say it was magnificent is going a long way. But it was yeah. magnificent. Well, yeah, I was cheering for the Yankees, too, and that happened. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's just what we need right there. <laughs> All right, so my second favorite play of the season comes in August, actually, and it's uh, Minnesota playing the White Sox, the Twins White Sox, and it's a 1-2-3 double play, okay? So the bases are loaded, and um, Dylan sees he the the batter hits the ball and grounds it back to the pitcher. Dylan sees okay for the White Sox. Okay, and sees picks it up. It hops off the front of the mound, right between his legs, and as the pitcher is facing second base, he just throws his glove between his legs. And snags it. <laughs> he just stabbed at it, but he happened to grab it between his legs, behind him, facing the opposite direction. So he grabs this ball between his legs. He turns around. He throws to home, home plate to get the runner from third. Gets him on the force. And then the catcher mm. throws it to first base and beats the runner. Fantastic. One, two, three. Double play. Yeah. You don't see that very often. And, and what I thought was most impressive was that the pitcher didn't you know, fire it in there. He made a clean 
you know, low key, well thought out throw in time, you know, but it was, it wasn't like, you know, so you see these pitchers, they get a comeback and it, and then they gun it and they screw it up all the time. Right. Oh, that's what happens all the time on that throw to home. Yeah. It, Cause it's such a, it's such a weird throw. Well, and he was still on the mound. So it's like mm-hmm. muscle memory kicks in. Now here's yeah. the other thing I thought was really cool is that, uh, Dylan sees made his major league debut in June. Oh, nice. So to have the presence of mind and to display that much maturity was just made the story even a little sweeter. You know, it's, I thought that was fabulous. That's awesome. And as a catcher, I feel like the one, two, three double play is one of the coolest plays in baseball. Totally. Just because it looks awesome. I love watching the catcher get to swipe, swipe home plate and then come out and fire to first base. Yep. It's yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, anything two, three double play, like a five, two, three, whatever, four, uh-huh. two, three. Yeah, just that's one of my favorite double plays in baseball. And it doesn't happen very often. No, it's pretty rare. So that's a cool one. That's a good one. Very Thanks. good one. I thought you'd like that. All right. What is your favorite moment from this season? Man, okay. I have three. <laughs> oh, nice. I have three favorite moments. I just think that we should not – this is my honorable mention, right? I just think we should never forget Javi Baez hugging Nolan Arenado on the way to third base <laughs> to interfere with the defensive opportunity. Do you remember that? I do. I do vaguely remember that one for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know, it maybe was, because he's the Cubs. I don't know. But. It was such a huge deal, <laughs> and everybody was in an uproar about Javi Baez getting let off the hook about being a flamboyant player and being an energetic mm-hmm. – youthful zealous player but he's coming from second base to third arenado fields the ball cleanly and is about to make the throw to first base to get the runner out and instead Mm -hmm. javi baez inserts himself into on the base path but into the defensive player nolan arenado and gives him a big bear hug yeah that's (laughs) awesome forces the out for himself but oh my gosh hilarious yeah i do remember that now that you mention it so I don't think we should ever forget that. That's that's one of mine. Do you have one? Yeah, so my favorite moment was um, Carlos Carrasco coming back. Uh, he mm-hmm. won the Roberto Clemente Award this year, but on top of that, he came back from leukemia and pitched this season. Yeah. Um, that's that's fantastic. I thought that was super cool um, when he actually came back and pitched. It's just it's just one of those things, you know, somebody was able to beat that. Um, I mean, we've, we've both had cancer in our lives. Yeah. Um, I mean, every, everybody has to some degree, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so him being able to beat that and come back was, was pretty awesome. It was a big, big time thing for me being able to see that. I like that. Yeah, I agree. That's super cool. I'm only going to share one of my others just because I'm only going to share one, but (laughs) (laughs) we, uh, okay. So this is, uh, Cubs White Sox and Anthony Rizzo is teasing the White Sox catcher. I don't know how to say his name. Deoner Navarro. Deoner? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay, so Navarro is is the White Sox catcher, and at first he Rizzo comes to the plate, and he's walking from the dugout, which is on the third base side, and he crosses for, through the the box because he's left handed. He crosses through the box, and Navarro's standing in his way, mm-hmm. and he's talking to his dugout, and so. Rizzo stands behind him and uncomfortably close. <laughs> and Navarro doesn't move, so Rizzo pushes him out of the way. 
<laughs> to to get into the box, and so <laughs> and Rizzo's a goofball anyway. We all know yeah, that. Yeah, so so anyway, then later on, Navarro gets on base right with a base hit and or a walk or whatever it was, and of course Rizzo plays first base, and so he tries to pull Rizzo's jersey untucked. Oh, and Rizzo giggles at him. Yeah, Rizzo giggles at him, and he missed. <laughs> he didn't quite get it. And so then right as the pitcher gets set, Rizzo reaches into Navarro's back pockets, pulls out his batting gloves, and throws him in front of him on the base pad. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's scrambling to get his batting gloves off the, before the pitcher makes the throw. Oh, my gosh. I just that's think awesome. that every once in a while we shouldn't take it so seriously. <laughs> yeah, and that's – I love that, and like you always see the relationship between Albert Pujols and Adrian, or really Adrian Beltre with anybody, right? Yeah, anytime or you Miggy, get on base, yeah, yeah, totally. and Miggy, yeah, they're all, those guys are always messing around when they're on base around each other. Miggy and uh, Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols, um, Adrian Beltre is always messing around with like Felix Hernandez, you know, because yeah. those guys are best friends. It, it's it's fun to see that stuff and, and see how they don't take it too seriously, so we really shouldn't either. I love yep. that stuff. I love it. I do too. So that's that was just a s- small low key moment I loved this year. Okay, I have another one. Okay, sweet. The, so it was the NL wild card game. Okay. At the, at the very end there in the bottom of the eighth inning when Soto hit that ball to right and yeah. poor guy, I forget his name already, but he misplayed it out in right field. Oh, Tampa and Bay's guy. Uh, Milwaukee's Milwaukee's Oh Milwaukee guy. oh yeah, yeah 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 that's right yeah yeah so and the you know the 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 go ahead run came around and scored and Soto's coming around second base pumping his chest as he gets tagged out for the third out just celebrating <laughs> yeah. because they know this game is over we've yep. just won this thing we're moving on and that was really the first piece to fall to get to the World Series and win yeah. it all and I I thought that was an awesome moment super cool um, I was pulling for the for the Brewers. But at the same time, I was happy to see the Nats win. So that was a that was a really cool thing to watch. Totally. Yeah. It's been a good year. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of yeah. topsy-turvy as well, you know. Yeah, but I mean, been, anytime the Rays good. make the world, make the make the playoffs, it's, <laughs> it's a topsy-turvy season. <laughs> yeah. Just because it's like they're just perennially, like I said, they're sweller, they're sweller dwellers, seller dwellers, and uh, – it, there's just like a, a history of just not winning just bad culture just generally down there you know yeah and you know with that dome and so oh, it's the trop Ugh. yeah yeah it's 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 nice to see them in the in the playoffs it's nice to see some fresh blood in the playoffs every year and that's every single year this decade we're going to talk more about this at the end of the season or at the end of the end of december when we have our all decade episode um but nobody repeated this decade. Yeah. No repeats. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. I like we've seen some some close calls, but no yeah. repeats. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. This has been a fun decade. It's been a fun year though. Yeah, a whole lot of fun. Um so we got our favorite, we got our big surprises, our disappointments, best play favorite moment. Baseball family, we want to hear from you. Let us know what you thought about the season, some things that you liked about it. Maybe some things that you saw that you weren't real high on that that happened. So so let us know. We want we want to hear from you. 
And don't forget to jump over to the shop. It's shop.9plusus.com. We've got great baseball tees for every member of the family, all the way from onesies for the newest baseball fan in your life, all the way up to, you know, your adult unisex. We go, I think we go up to 4X on most shirts. Yeah. So something for everybody. Um, and don't, yeah, jump in there. Grab yourself something nice. It's perfect for Christmas gifts. Yeah, Christmas is coming up. Yeah, now is, is the, the time, time for yeah. sure. Um, and don't forget to stop by baseballtogether.com. Um, our goal really this this winter is to build out a lot more of the content for you guys on the on that site. There, um, you can also check out the podcast while you're there. We have uh, we have podcast players all over the place there, uh, so it's yeah, pretty. That's true. It's a pretty good opportunity if you have a hard time with your podcast apps or you don't have a podcast app and you just want to listen to it online. You can listen to it at baseballtogether.com. It's really great for at work. It's really great for when you're at work and you just need to not be on your phone. You can still get the podcast. That's true. On the web browser. <laughs> you can, yeah. And you can also get it on YouTube. We are also on YouTube. That's right. Um, so there's another way that you can listen to the podcast. Um, but don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Let us know how we're doing. If there's something that you want to hear about, submit. you can submit to our mailbag through the VIP group. But baseball family, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Thank you.